Welcome to another episode of God in the Paranormal, a podcast exploring the supernatural from a biblical worldview. Thanks for listening. I'm John, and this is a brief episode to introduce an important concept we'll be using in future shows. As mentioned in the last episode, our premise in these podcasts is that alleged supernatural and paranormal events are not random. They occur in a context. Moreover, I unashamedly claim that that context is described in Scripture. How could I have that much faith in my faith? Or to put it another way, how could I be so arrogant as to think that my view is the right one? A valid question. I'm privileged to have parents who are godly, salt-of-the-earth people. And no, that in itself doesn't make all my views correct. But in the decades I've known my dad and mom, I can't remember a single thing they told me that was false. When they told the teenage me that I should avoid smoking, drugs, and such, I just did. I wish I could say it was because I was such an obedient kid, but that wasn't it. My motivation was that since they had never led me wrong in verifiable situations, why would they do so in situations I hadn't yet verified? Yes, I was a nerdy little scientist even back then. Today, if they called and said elves are dancing on the porch, I would grab my camera and an elf trap. Over the past decades, I can safely say that every principle and truth I found in God's Word that I could experientially verify has indeed been true. That's an incredible track record. Then what reason do I have to doubt the claims that are not completely verifiable in the present? Yes, there's a faith element but scientific and logical reasoning at least overlap to a significant extent. When I use a microscope, I don't have to check every part or research ways that microscopes can malfunction. My lab equipment has a track record of being dependable over time, or I would have already discarded it. Is this principle perfect? Of course not, but much like Occam's razor, it is extremely useful and pragmatic. In these podcasts, we'll often rely on a principle I call the Ephesians hypothesis, drawn from Ephesians 6.12, which says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Everything in this verse is in the unseen realm, which exists beyond my five senses. The claims are obviously unverifiable in substance, However, are they verifiable in action? In other words, if I claim this as a hypothesis, can it be tested and verified? In the 19th century, many people believed diseases were caused by bad air, evil spirits, fate, and numerous other forces. Louis Pasteur was one scientist who had the idea that some diseases might be caused by things too small to be seen. Most people, including doctors, questioned this bizarre concept and refused to accept an unseen world. Pasteur reasoned that there should be a way to test this hypothesis. If these tiny things did exist, and if they did cause disease, and if they could be passed on to others, he should be able to predict certain scenarios. For example, a person who had kissed a sick person might pick up the things and would get the disease. On the other hand, a person who stayed far away wouldn't pick up the things and wouldn't get sick. In case it's been a while since you were in science class, a hypothesis is defined as a tentative assumption made in order to draw out and test its logical consequences. I think of a hypothesis as simply an educated guess starting point for further investigation. A researcher basically looks at the available information about a particular phenomenon and proposes a possible scenario that could explain it. 
Testing or validating the hypothesis requires comparing real-world observations to the proposed scenario. In the Ephesians 6 passage, I believe Paul does lay out a clear hypothesis about reality. By claiming it to be a hypothesis, I certainly don't mean that it's a guess or that there is doubt that it's true. All I mean is that his statements make predictions that are testable. We can take his statements and draw from them predictions that can be compared to real-world observations. If our observations are consistent with our predictions, we have supporting evidence that the hypothesis is true. Granted, it wouldn't be possible to set up a standard experiment in which we physically measure an unseen entity. Thus, this is considered more of a quasi-experimental method. However, this type of hypothesis testing is common in science today. For example, mathematical theories about many aspects of physics are beyond our ability to observe directly. The particles are either too small or sometimes believed to be in another dimension. But we can still make predictions from our hypothesis and then make real-world observations to see whether the hypothesis is supported. I believe Paul's hypothesis in Ephesians 6.12 has five components. First of all, there's an unseen realm beyond the one in which we live. Two, spirits from the unseen realm can interact with our world. Three, our primary struggle is with fallen spirits from this unseen realm. Four, fallen spirits are evil, scheming, and set on opposing God and keeping us from truth. Five, we can and should be prepared to recognize and withstand these fallen spirits. Assuming these propositions are true, we would expect this Ephesians hypothesis to be testable in our physical world. In other words, we should be able to make predictions about how the unseen reacts with the seen, how the supernatural reacts with the natural. And if the Ephesians hypothesis is correct, we would expect it to have explanatory power with some phenomena, especially those that appear to have causes beyond the physical universe. Again, this isn't to say that every unusual or hard-to-explain phenomenon is supernatural. However, I do believe that there is only one supernatural reality, the one described in Scripture. Therefore, if a supernatural cause is indicated, it will necessarily be of the type described in Ephesians 6, and not some contrived reality made to fit a particular phenomenon. We'll be using the Ephesians hypothesis extensively in future episodes. I would suggest you download this transcript for complete scripture references and an expanded Ephesians hypothesis. In the next episode, we'll jump headlong into the paranormal and discuss ghosts. What does the scripture tell us about these alleged entities? Should we fear them? Are they consistent with the Ephesians hypothesis? Join Suzanne and me next time for an apparitional exploration of things that go bump in the night. Thanks again for listening. 